Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. I have a special episode for you today because I realized that I or I missed our three-year anniversary since the Filipino American Woman Project had started. So a little background, the Filipino American Woman Project started in December 2016, toward the end of the year, sometime between uh, Christmas and New Year's, when one day I just found it in myself to want to learn more about me as a Filipino-American woman. And when I had done an online search of the Filipino-American woman, I uh, didn't see a lot of positive things. (laughs) And uh, I encourage you to check it out now. I think the search engine is looking a lot different. But at the time, there were some things that I wasn't very happy with. And I actually saw it as an opportunity to create this project uh, so much that when I went to check if the domain the Filipino American woman was available it absolutely was and I took that as a sign that I needed to create this project I didn't know entirely how it was going to look like I just knew that I needed to create space on the internet for Filipino American women to be represented in a very positive way So at the time, I had an online marketing agency. It's so odd, like so much has changed for me in the last three years. It's quite ridiculous. And I'll get I'll get into it more in this show. But at the time, I had an online marketing agency and I uh, saw that like Facebook Live was becoming a thing like it was like at that time it was becoming a big deal. Facebook was setting up its algorithms so that if anyone went live, it would notify everyone in your network. So it was just a really easy way to get an organic reach. And uh, because uh, public speaking is everyone's number one fear, Facebook Live is sort of the next thing to that. (laughs) And so I decided to capitalize on that opportunity by creating space for Filipino-American women to be seen and heard through Facebook Live. So our first Facebook Live interview uh, was conducted January 12th, 2017. So three years ago. Do you remember what you did three years ago? Because I remember what I did. (laughs) And I'll get, I'll get more into that here. But I thought I would use this episode to share the first Facebook Live interview that we did. I was actually quite embarrassed initially. Um, I've actually been wanting to share the initial Facebook Live interviews on our show for some time now, but I was embarrassed to hear my voice. <laughs> I, was embarrassed, I was embarrassed to hear how I sounded back then and how I, how I ran my interviews. But I'm so glad that I worked through that and I used this as a learning experience, you know, going through listening to Connie's episode, the first Facebook Live interview, the first interview we ever did for the Filipino American Woman Project um, really opened my eyes and got me to see like it's interesting because sometimes you don't really learn what a certain time of your life meant for you until years later. And uh, I definitely had felt that way listening to this interview. So um, in no particular order, as I was 
re-listening to this interview, I'm just going to kind of share my initial thoughts, give you some background on it before you listen. So at the time that I wanted to do the Filipino American Women Project, I particularly wanted to focus on Filipino American born daughters to immigrant parents. So um, some people would call that second generation where their parents are first generation because they immigrated here and they were and then I myself was born here so I would be considered second generation. I think some people uh, probably identify differently like if you're the first American born you're considered first generation but um, that's why I, I actually mentioned in the show that I didn't want to identify as either or um, I just wanted to be more specific on the type of Filipino American woman uh, just for that reason to avoid <laughs> avoid the confusion of what first or second generation or 1.5 generation means but uh, at that time I was looking to interview Filipino American born daughters to or so essentially Filipino daughters of Filipino descent born in America to immigrant parents. And the reason why I chose that is because that's where I was at. Both my parents were immigrants from the Philippines and uh, I had uh, always struggled, I think, or I've, you know, I have my fair share of stories of dealing with uh, juggling different two different cultures, one in the household and then one when I'm, you know, in school or in work. And um, I got to a place where I wanted to hear more people like me. I had mentioned this many times throughout the show, if you've been following, but I always wanted to rewrite my narrative because in middle school, I was bullied by Filipino American women. And uh, unfortunately, they were actually like my best friends at one point and things changed. And, um, you know, looking back, I know that I probably um, had something to do with it. So I'm going to admit that. Uh, I'm going to admit that now, (laughs) but um, still got bullied nonetheless. And, you know, I had been a self-loathing Filipino-American woman for quite a long time. And so this project was all about redefining that or reframing that and uh, reframing my past and writing writing a brighter future as a Filipino-American woman. So throughout this interview, you're going to hear things that are already outdated, uh, such as raffles for Starbucks gift cards so don't even try (laughs) and I also want to share that this Facebook live interview is is actually still available on our Facebook page so if you do a search of the Filipino American Woman Project um, it's one of the first interviews back in 2017 that you can uh, listen to but a lot of things are outdated uh, including my aspirations at the time I strived at the time to be a stay-at-home mom it was my life dream (laughs) And I'm not saying it no longer is, but it currently is not at this at this time in my life, three years later. And uh, I, I really want to encourage you when you listen to the show to listen in on Connie's story and the lessons that come from it. Uh, the first time around, my focus on the show is actually more about documenting our stories. Uh, while now on the podcast show, we put more of an emphasis in uh, sharing life lessons. So here's something important that I really want to share with all of you and I want to disclose. There is a part in this interview that was actually really triggering for me, uh, something that had happened uh, after the fact of this interview. And going back and hearing this part, this particular part of the interview reminded me of what had happened. I will not explain in detail what it was. I just want to share with you all how I felt about it and how I see it today. I've heard our listeners had mentioned to me sometime that there are certain episodes that some of you are not comfortable listening to because it's triggering. And I completely understand and respect that. And, you know, for the sake of 
not censoring Connie's story, I want to be able to uh, keep this portion in the interview. Uh, you won't know what it is, trust me, but I know what it is. <laughs> and uh, and so, uh, but basically there was a part uh, in the interview that reminded me of a time when I was looking to network and give back in my community. It was actually more to be selfless than it was to be selfish. And in that experience, I was bullied belittled, insulted, feeling less than enough, and extremely hurt. But this hurt came in a way that made me feel responsible for making this project possible. The biggest lesson I learned from that experience, I actually learned very early on in this project that I am not for everyone, even within our own community. Not every Filipino-American woman is going to like me. Not every Filipino is going to like me. And you know what? I am completely okay with that. I've also been asked uh, by listeners before about our Maya quote-unquote competition with projects that are similar to mine. And here's my response to that. I don't see competition, but there are some people in our community that make that so. And they will burn down your building just to build up theirs. If you're in a situation where someone or some group is actively trying to bring you down, sis, let me tell you, you don't have to stay there. You are not meant for everyone, and that is 100% okay. I'm not for everyone. And there are plenty of gaps, or I'd like to say opportunities, in our community to serve our community, which is why I personally don't see any competition. I didn't let that experience stifle me from continuing on with this project. And nor do I feel the need to burn down someone's building to make mine look bigger. So I'm keeping this portion in the show. Like I said, you're probably, you probably have no idea what it's going to be. (laughs) You probably have no idea what it is. I'm not going to tell you what it is out of respect of, you know, Connie's story and everything that she shared. I want to share that publicly because, you know, this trigger is a reminder of my gratitude I'm just beyond grateful that I worked through my embarrassment of hearing myself in this first live interview to be reminded of this beautiful lesson that I'm not for everyone and I'm completely okay with it. So with that said, let me move on to a little bit more on my notes. I have a couple more notes just to give you a little more background on this interview. So other than whatever my editor did to clean up this audio, thank you, Dennis, there were some parts that I wanted to edit out. Uh, in addition to what he did, but I decided to keep it in there. I thought that because this is the first live interview, and if you want the original, original version, you could always visit our Facebook page, the Filipino American Woman Project. But in this interview, you will hear how I used to navigate my interviews when we did them live, (laughs) unfiltered, um, unrehearsed, unedited. And uh, I wanted to leave that in there just so you all know where I came from and where this project came from. I also want to give a shout out to my husband, who is actually my boyfriend at the time. I'm telling you, so much has changed since then. (laughs) And uh, one thing I I like about back then is, I forgot that we did this. I used to ask our guests on the show how they defined uh, the Filipino-American woman, because early on, just like with that experience I went through, 
um, I realized that everyone had their own definition of being a Filipino-American woman, and I wanted to create space for all of us to define it the way that we want to define it, not what other people have told us, not what the history books have told us, not what society or culture or anything has told us, but what, what we tell ourselves, how we define ourselves as Filipino-American women. And um, I really enjoyed that about the Facebook Live interviews back in the day, and uh, now I'm kind of wondering if I should bring that back again. <laughs> Uh, also, I do want to share at the time, uh, one, a couple more things. At the time when uh, we were, when I was picking out particular people to interview, I wasn't just looking for uh, American-born Filipino, Filipino women to immigrant parents, but I was looking for a particular uh, personality or certain personality traits. I had mentioned, and you may find this in old, old, in our old photos, but I was very specific about certain personality traits. I was looking for uh, Filipino American women who considered themselves enthusiastic, collaborative, and charismatic. Um, I was looking for people that wanted to do this show, that were excited uh, to create space for Filipino American women, and more importantly, just had a natural desire and love for collaborating. <laughs> going back to my triggering, going back to my story of my traumatic experience of being bullied. <laughs> um, but it was really cool that because I manifested that, because I was very specific with what I wanted, all of the women that we interviewed in that first year were just that. They were enthusiastic, charismatic, and collaborative. I was just so happy that in that first year of doing interviews in 2017, that uh, I was quickly able to you know, redefine my perception of Filipino-American women um, as someone who had been bullied by Filipino-American at a young age and to see like, wow, like if I'm specific about what I want and who I want to be around, I could actually have that. And uh, that's kind of it. A couple more things. Uh, I do mention on the show that at the time I was involved with uh, the Filipino school. So shout out to the Filipino school in San Diego. Shout out to Kuya Tony for having funded it. And I know that it's still thriving there. And there are uh, some organizations that use that community space to, you know, for dance practices or um, education and other, other activities. So shout out to the Filipino school. I'm just glad to know that three years later, it's still going strong. <laughs> and uh, that's it. I hope that you all enjoy this interview that I have with Connie Marie Castro. She was so bold to be the first person to come forward and join me on Facebook Live, of all things, to be in front of camera and share your story. So thank you so much, Connie, for that experience. I will forever be grateful to you, and I honor you, you know, and I celebrate us and our interview, and I celebrate our three-year anniversary with the Filipino American Women Project. Um, so thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoy this interview and I hope that you gain um, some kind of life lesson from it or whatever you need to um, help you continue to feel like you are more than enough and you are amazing and beautiful. And it's time that you share your story too. <laughs> enjoy.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FilipinoAmericanWoman.com. This is a Facebook Live show where we share empowering stories told to you by Filipino-American-born daughters of two immigrant parents. I am your host, Jen Amos. Let me be the first to say thank you for being here. I mean, time is a gift, and the fact that you're here is very humbling for us, and so we appreciate you being with us today. Now, the beauty of Facebook Live, you didn't see this right before the show, but you know, you get to be part of the show as well. And we may have some technical difficulties here and there, but that's the beauty of live. And hopefully this interview is just as inclusive as it is for us, as it is for you. And so we would love for you to participate. Even if you're watching this after the fact, we would still love for you to chime in and uh, comment below and ask us any questions. And we can either answer them during the show or even after the show, you know, if we feel like it, right, Connie? <laughs> okay. So also if you are here, live, we will be raffling off two $5 Starbucks gift cards. That's basically a free Frappuccino. And we will be kind of talking about how you can win that raffle probably halfway through the show. For now, all we ask for you is to engage and comment below and be a part of the show with us. And if we do not have participants throughout the show, we will talk about how you can still win those raffles after the show. So we'll kind of address that if that's important. So anyway, I know everyone is here to kind of start listening on the story. So I am going to announce a couple of things later. But what I would like to do is just interview our guest on the show today. We have Connie Marie Castro, and she is very fascinating. I was kind of a social media online stalking her <laughs> before, before the show. And she writes for her positive parenting and lifestyle blog called motherhoodbliss.com. She is author of Coming Up Roses. And she is what I eventually want to be later down the line, which is a stay-at-home mother. And she is a mother of three children. So Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Okay. So I'm sorry. You can start with your questions anytime. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So let's just start by you sharing. How did you hear about the Filipino American woman and what inspired you to be a part of this? I found it through a blogging group, San Diego Filipino Bloggers. I recently joined this year and I saw that you posted your passion project on there and it sounded really interesting. I tried joining another person's project, but she was really looking for just immigrant, somebody who's who just came from another country that's Asian. I see. So right. That was a Project, but she didn't, nothing ever happened there. But I like this project because it's more specific. This group, someone who's been born and raised with immigrant parents. And I want to participate because I want to tell my story and I want to empower others and maybe inspire them to. I feel like I'm, as a first generation or second generation, who grew up that it's like a unique story to tell. Yeah, definitely. Now we could probably cover this later, but I always get confused between a first generation Filipino American versus a second generation Filipino American. But I don't know, do you have any insight on that? Like the, I usually just kind of explain where I'm no, at, no. but that's always confusing, it's, you know? I studied that a little bit before, but um, no, I forgot all which, which is which. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, I just... Definitely. That's why I was always saying like, oh, you know, we're looking for Filipino American born daughters to immigrant parents. And I figured most people will understand that as opposed to the technical terms that um, I even learned when I was in college. And then also, Connie, if for some reason I'm cutting off, just feel free to let me know if I need to repeat myself. 
This is live, so that's the fun part. And I saw a couple people come into the room. Um, so feel free to just comment below and say hi. We would love to have you engage with us throughout the show. Now, the second question I have for you is, you know, just kind of tell us briefly, like, what is a typical day in your life today? You know, as a mother, an author, a blogger, what does it look like for you? Well, I wake up and um, the kids have to get ready and fed and all that. And then they have to go to school. So I take them to school. I have breakfast in between then until, <laughs> or I, I take a bite after I come home. For blogging, I'm always reading on ways to improve my blogging skills. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And then I work on like a couple of projects. I'm also a volunteer. So I do some volunteering at home, mm-hmm. of course. And then my kids get out at 12. And I just do like, I just work on my projects, on my writing. I'm thinking about getting back into my art projects again. And mm-hmm. my book that I wrote is a collection of poetry. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon. I, I can't give you the direct link, but if you type in Coming Up Roses by Connie Castro, you'll see it there. Right, that was definitely. a project I worked on a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. The kids come home and, you know, and settle in. I can't do too mm-hmm. much after they come home. <laughs> Well, I'm sure being a mom is a full-time job in itself. And I mean, my mom, you know, she was a widow raising three kids. So, you know, I can only imagine what it's like to be a mother raising three kids. So I'm sure that's like, I'm sure each child is one job in itself. So so you can only do so much, uh, so many things to fit into your schedule. And it's a very admirable thing to, to be a mother. So I commend you for that. I saw what my mom went through and it's kind of what inspires me to want to be a mother one day is to have the opportunity such as yourself to be at home with them and, you know, be there for them. So now I'm kind of, I actually have a a question. I I didn't really run by you yet, but I always wonder what the life was like for a mother before she was a mother. So can you kind of share with us what your life was before you were a mother? (laughs) Well, that was after college and between now and then that was, well, I went back to school for a couple of classes for self-improvement. Mm-hmm. My background is in journalism, so I wrote for um, some community papers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I don't remember too much. <laughs> I know I was online a lot, like, because I don't go out to bars. So I was trying to find a boyfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes I took my mom to work when my dad can't because she doesn't drive. She's still working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. And I had my friend move down here after college and we hung out. And then I found my boyfriend, so I was with him a lot of the time. Right. That's yeah, that tends it. to happen. <laughs> awesome. Sounds and, sounds like a well, very also, simple life. I also got into um, some art with like um, this painter in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that too. That's how I got into the art. Oh, I see. Okay, that's awesome. All right, Jen Amos here, jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why, starting summer 2020, the Filipino-American Women Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. 
One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the Philam, short for Filipino-American-woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Yeah, I just always ask because, I mean, this is my life right now. And I know, you know, if I become a mom one day, it's going to be completely different. And I even see how my friends have transformed being parents. And it's like, wow, like back in high school, you were not like that, you know. So I just thought it'd be a kind of fun question to ask you. All right. So now this is a kind of a common question that uh, even I get asked. But are you currently involved in the Filipino community anyway? I know you mentioned you're part of the SD Filipino bloggers, is that your main involvement or are you involved in any other areas? I'm also involved with um, Salayan Filipina. I joined that um, in 2015. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I think it, it branched off, from, it used to be like this social de- debutante group, but they mm-hmm. branched out to do more like professional networking, more like social events, things that help the community. Not too many people are my age, which I was looking forward to, but that's all right. I call them all autes. Oh, <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that, that tends to happen to me too. When I get involved in local communities I, or local community organizations, I tend, to, I, I tend to be called the millennial in the group. And before it, I used to kind of see that as an issue, but I just learned to kind of embrace it and people seem to like me for that. So, but you know, it's nice to have like kind of that older sisterly kind of relationship with people and and other people looking out for you, you know? So I think that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Okay. So in case you guys are wondering if you just joined us in our Facebook live show, please comment below. Connie is currently plugging in her iPod because it's running out of juice. And we had a fun adventure right before our Facebook live show. She had to switch from her computer to her iPhone to her iPod just to be in this interview. So we're happy that we figured it out right on time. And right now, Connie is just readjusting her iPod. So hey there, thank you everyone for joining us in the room. If you're here, please comment below. We will probably take your questions uh, 10 to 15 minutes in, if not sooner. So please just let us know if you're in the room. Connie right now is fixing her iPod. So let me know when you are ready and then we will continue. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So fast. (laughs) Okay. So now I kind of want to delve into some deeper questions. And if anyone else has questions that you want to ask Connie, just please comment below and we'll address it as well. But, you know, part of the reason why we started the show is because we wanted to share the story of being a Filipino woman in America. Now, the question I have for you, and I try to make this sound as, um, I guess, Uh, respectful and and positive as possible. But do you feel like you had a unique experience in America being a Filipino American? Yes, because I had my challenges. You know, you grow up here and you think, you know, you speak the language with no accent and, Mm -hmm. and then people still view you like Asian or Filipina, you know? Right. And they kind of get confused. A lot of groups of people get confused because they're like, 
you're not really Filipino because you don't have these traits, but then you are Filipino because you're just different from us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you kind of feel like you're going through, like, it's kind of like you don't know who you should be almost, would you say? Yeah. Well, I am what I am, but it's just how they view me. It's totally different. And I know there's like the American people are more like individualistic. They're more um, outspoken. And I try to be a balance of the two, you know, because in society, this is the kind of society we live in. You have to be always putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You mentioned that uh, you are um, in your, in the blog article you wrote, you mentioned that you were from Guam and then your family moved here. And um, can you kind of tap upon um, maybe your, the dynamic and the relationship you have with your parents and the end Guam journey and all that? (laughs) Well, I don't remember Guam. I was only one and then we moved and I grew up here in the eighties in Southern California area. But we had some roots in San Diego, like a lot of relatives. We lived here for a little bit when when we first arrived. Mm-hmm. My dynamic, well, I noticed my fam- my parents are very traditional Filipinos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they like the whole hierarchy thing and then the whole hierarchy thing with my sisters, too. Mm-hmm. So usually it's like they want to be the author- authoritarian pe- person, parent. Like right. Them, and they push steady hard and um, do well in school and not get in trouble. But then my mom had her own ideas of what we, I didn't have that many Filipino friends. I actually didn't know that many Filipinos at all. Mm-hmm. She was like, don't have Ricardo, don't have Ricardo. That's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody, a, a lot of my cousins and everything, they have their own group of friends, but I never had that. Oh, that's I had a interesting. small one, you know, but they weren't Filipino. They were like a mix of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can relate in a sense where I hung out in very diverse groups, especially when I was in college or in high school. And it was only in college when I thought when I decided to really get involved in in the Filipino community. And I didn't realize that a lot of the issues that even our own community was going through until I I started learning in that group. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting. Now, you kind of tapped upon how kind of like the struggle of finding that balance. And so the question I have, you know, is do you feel like there is a necessity to find the balance between being Filipino and American, like struggling with those counterparts, or is it kind of like what you mentioned? You are who you are. We usually go around who I am, who I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but I think being Filipino had an influence on me and who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't talk. I don't speak the language, which is like a barrier to being being more social with the other Filipino people, but they speak English. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like taught our second language in the Philippines. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> right. Okay. So you just kind of just embrace like who you are, like despite like ethnicity. I mean, you were, you obviously you're aware of like who you are in terms of your ethnic background, but you know, you really just embrace Connie Marie Castro. Like you just embrace like who you are um, despite your ethnic backgrounds. Yes. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say despite my ethnic, I, I think it added something to my being a person, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of cultural, it's, I don't think it's a setback, really, it's 
it's you can look at it as a setback or you can look at it as a positive. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I for me personally, I kind of always struggled going back and forth. And, you know, sometimes I leaned more into my American side and sometimes I leaned more into my Filipino side. But eventually I just, you know, you start to learn that you have to embrace both and realize that that's what makes you a very unique person. So I really like your uh, take on that. Okay, great. Well, I like how we're speeding through these questions really quickly. (laughs) Now let's go ahead and just kind of talk a little bit about the Philippines because a lot of kind of our demographic has never gone, or if we had gone, it was very almost life-changing experience. So do you have experience uh, going to the Philippines? No, I actually don't. I have relatives there, a lot of cousins, Mm -hmm. and I haven't been able to do that. I haven't been able to take a trip. Um, My parents had been back in 2008, and they want to go back soon. But I know it's very different. Life is very different. It's I think it's more chaotic, but at the same time, it's more simple, mm-hmm. you know, simple. But now I know that it's changing because of the technology and they're really on top of the technology part, with like, you know, texting. They're, they're very fast. And yeah, I think one of the founders of Snapchat was from the Philippines, too. That's what I was reading at the paper. In the oh, Filipino paper. Yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So do you have, um, right. So do you have any, other than your cousins in the Philippines, do you have any other involvement with the Philippines? Like, do you work with the Philippines in any way? Or is it kind of just like knowing that you have relatives there? Just knowing I have relatives there. I know they see me as the American cousin and everything. and Mm -hmm. But they They'd like to see me sometime because, you know, we're all family. So it would be nice. And they're about my same age, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of cousins here that were the same age. Oh, okay. So I felt awesome. like we're leading like kind of like parallel lives there. Them in the Philippines, me here. And one day we'll intersect. <laughs> they're also yeah. my Facebook friends. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I have. It's funny because a lot of my relatives are also on Facebook. And so they are commenting and liking my pictures. And and these are people I haven't spoken to in maybe five plus years. I went to the Philippines actually two to three years ago, but I didn't visit family because we were just traveling. And then when I saw them maybe about a decade ago, it's it was just really different. I mean, I kind of saw like I kind of had like an outside and like an outer experience of like, wow, if if I was born and raised here, I definitely would have been different, especially looking at my sister cousins, you know, my female cousins and, and how they are and everything. So, so definitely uh, interesting experience. Now, do you feel any responsibility to the Philippines in any way, or maybe even going back? Yeah, I want to go back sometime. Um, It's a hard trip to take right now with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, They're still so I know my mom felt a lot of responsibility to her siblings in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So she did her best to like petition for them and have them immigrate. And I think you can't do that anymore. Like um, s- siblings petition. Oh, okay. So, but she got them here recently. So she's happy about that. But she's like mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, very similar to, my mom as well, when her and my dad was stationed in, in Japan, because my dad joined the military, she would petition for her sister to come uh, to the States as well. So I wasn't there. Obviously, I wasn't bored at the time when that happened. But she did mention kind of like there's certain ways you need to kind of answer your forms uh, to get them to want to approve it so that they can come over. So it's a very interesting process that they do to bring, you know, siblings and everything over. 
Okay, cool. So I love how we're kind of flying by these questions really quickly. So we have, we have uh, Scott in the room. Scott is actually my boyfriend and he said, hi, um, he's actually walking around in front of me, but thank you <laughs> for supporting our Facebook live show. And if anyone else, if you're watching this, even if you're watching this after the fact and you want to ask any questions or contribute to the conversation, please comment below. So, so now the next question I want to kind of ask you is uh, based on your personal experience, how would you define uh, what the Filipino American woman is? And I would do this based on, you know, what you know, how you were raised. How would you define the Filipino American woman today? I would define them as being smart, beautiful, imaginative, inventive, resourceful, hardworking, loving, and kind. I oh, think, I love it. I think I think those sum- summarize everything. Oh, I love it. You know, the, my family oriented. Right. My favorite word that you said there was resourceful, just because mm-hmm. growing up, I have always tried to make use of everything that was around me because my mom didn't like to buy things for us <laughs> because, you know, she was working really hard. And I love how you use the word resourceful because I think uh, I think it's very similar to the word adaptive as well. And and that's very much mm-hmm. uh, what we are. So very, very awesome. I love the words that you use. It was very very cool words. <laughs> Probably like post it somewhere for you. So we are kind of wrapping up with our questions here. And one of the questions I wanted to ask is an inspirational, uh, more like an inspirational comment that you may want to say to women out there. Now, uh, part of the project, the reason why we wanted to bring on incredible women who are articulate and, you know, kind of have a general enthusiasm for life is because there are some women in our position that maybe may not be as articulate as us or not as encouraged to um, speak up. And so I just want to know if you had a personal or inspirational message that you want to send to um, the Filipino American woman that is watching this. If not, that's fine too. It helps to like, I guess, journaling a lot and just trying to find where you came from, like exploring your cultural roots is always good. And your identity is important, but you just have to be more comfortable in who you are mm-hmm. you have to know who you are but then you have to be comfortable in your own skin and mm-hmm. love yourself that way yeah I think that's good advice being comfortable in your own skin can you kind of share maybe a personal revelation that got you you know a personal experience that got you to that revelation well my 20s was kind of like I was like it kind of flew by but at the same time it's like in the mid-20s so it's like so slow when is it and then when I hit thirties and then I became a mother, it kind of changes, changed my view about things. You know, you, you kind of have to step out of yourself and care for another person. So you have mm-hmm. to learn to be selfless. But then I, then I was thinking, what do I want to teach them about themselves? You know, right. do I want to expose them to both cultures or I want to tell them they're Filipino, but even though they're, they all have a unique look, but they don't really look Filipino. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've seen some of your Instagram photos and your kids look very, they're very beautiful, first of all. And by look, looking at them, I can't entirely tell what their ethnic background is. <laughs> yeah, they kind of look um, either mixed or ambiguous, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But I think I look, it's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Anyways, your kids I will want... definitely stand out. Yeah, they, they have. Especially William, he has like really dark eye, <laughs> the <laughs> eyebrow thing going on. Uh-huh. And um, I just wanted to let them know, let them have a feel for our culture. Let them know that 
they might have an easier time because they don't look Filipino. You know, people won't question them as much in their heads, but I want to have them feel enriched and um, also enculturated about who Filipino people are. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to give them a learn about the roots and give them like a cultural legacy that they can look upon as a source of strength, not as a, like a setback or a challenge or anything. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I want it to be a part of themselves. Right. Yeah, I, I, I love that response. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's so many creative ways to teach your kids on how to, you know, just be very confident in themselves and proud of who they are. Can you kind of give examples of how you do that with your kids? Well, we have a lot of family here, so I let them hang out with our family mm-hmm. that are Filipino. And they're always exposed to, like, Filipino food at parties. And my um, son, he's the same, he's almost exactly me, just his cousin. He's both parents are Filipino, so I let them play together, and it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're basically teaching them through their relationship with their like kind of relatives, in a sense, or with like other other Filipino people, <laughs> basically. Yeah, until, they, until they get older, maybe I'll show them like more books, or um, I'm tr- I'm trying to get into more like into the Filipino community too. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Maybe I'll bring them to the Filipino school someday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had been involved with the Filipino school and I'm currently uh, connected with them. And we are definitely looking to do some exciting projects there to really empower more of the local community here, especially the local Filipino Americans. So it's a great idea, a <laughs> great thing to, to note. So, mm-hmm. so give me one second. I'm just going to refresh the page just to make sure we aren't missing anything. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, now I wanted to know if you had a question that Uh, you think that I should be asking you. This is our first Facebook Live interview. And so from the very beginning, I have always been very aware and attuned to people's feedback to get better on this. And so I just wanted to know if you had any a particular question that I should be asking you on the show. Yeah. What do you think the different struggles are for the immigrant parents and then for people, for Filipino-American women who grew up here? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great question. I'd love to know your take on that. And then I want to add my take on that as well. (laughs) Well, first they had to learn the language and speak rather fluently. Mm -hmm. And then it was like a lot of, you know, that where they came from in the Philippines, my parent, my mom didn't grow up rich or anything. It was always a hard struggle. And it's like really third world. Like they had to fetch the water to get clean water and walk miles and um, she, it was a big struggle, and she didn't want us to struggle like that. When so we came to America, and we weren't like really the best off or anything, but we were like tight knit, and I felt like my sisters were always there for me. She didn't have any family except for excuse me for an aunt that mm-hmm. lived here. They came over like in the fifties or sixties, but um. Yeah, so we still keep like some traditions going on, like especially um, being family oriented and being there for each other and supporting each other that way. Mm-hmm. But it's I know it's a lot different, like life there and life here, and the adjustments and all that. Mm-hmm. Right, definitely. And how would you say is kind of like the difference? So you talked a lot about you know what it's like to be an immigrant parent here in. In America. Now, how would you say, and you can even share your personal experience, but what it's like to be, you know, Filipino American being raised here? 
it was different. I know some some families they they grow they go, they go to they send their kids to school and there's like a a big population of um, Filipinos, but I didn't have that, so I just had my sisters to look up to. Mm-hmm. They were great, you know. We had fun together, and um, I learned a lot growing up. But it's different now, so that we're all grown up and we're on individual ways. Right now, it's like you have to take you have to be um, responsible for your own life. Right. <laughs> You're like, we're adults now. <laughs> so you mentioned throughout the show that you have sisters. How many sisters do you have? Yes. I have three older sisters. Oh, wow. That's Rose, amazing. And I'm the youngest. <laughs> oh, uh, that's I was the one baby. Awesome. And then I also got the brunt of, like, they just want to take over everything. Oh, you're not doing it right, Connie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, I have a younger sister. And my relationship is with her has kind of stemmed out to a lot of my other type of relationships, even friendships. And I just, uh, I'm kind of that person that likes to take care of people also. And sometimes it could be, it can, I can um, do it. I can go overboard with it and it could actually affect me in a bad way. But no, it's, it's interesting kind of speaking. Like, I, I feel like in talking to you, it's, it's almost like engaging with my sister if she were, you know, older and a mother at this point. But it's really nice to hear that you just grew up with so much love in your life, you know, with your family and with your older sisters. So that's really awesome. So I, I kind of just wanted to chime in myself and, and talk about the difference, like what I see as the difference being here as an immigrant parent versus an American. And the best way I like to describe it is by looking at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen that diagram before? Yeah. The Maslow's? Yeah. So I feel like when, with our parents, they were always focused on fulfilling their basic needs, you know, such as the physiological needs, like, you know, being fed, having shelter, as well as the security needs, and as well as the family needs. So it, it seems like once those three are set, once they, you know, they feel like their basic needs are met and they feel secure and they feel like their family is also secure, um, they're good. You know, like I, I look at my mom and she lives a very, you know, simplistic life. And for me, on the other hand, being raised as an American, I wanted to go up and beyond that. I didn't just want to, you know, feel secure. I wanted to feel fulfilled, you know, and I think that's probably the biggest difference being an immigrant versus an American is that we, because our basic and secure needs were kind of already met, we kind of try to strive for more, like, like, for example, changing our associations to be more positive, or, you know, just striving to be better at what we're good at, or, you know, seeking out, like really questioning what happiness really means. I feel like that is very much kind of an American thing. Would you agree on that? Yeah, I I agree. A lot of it. A lot of it. I agree with. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, yeah, that's just kind of my take on it. So, well, great. Well, let me uh, just kind of refresh the page here to see if anyone left any questions of some sort. Give me one second. Okay. So this is the first live show. So I have a feeling that a lot of people will be tuning in afterward. So we just had uh, my boyfriend comment in. So I appreciate his support. And, and so what I'll do is for this show, we will kind of talk about holding the raffle uh, after the fact. And so I'll kind of share that probably in the comments after saying like, if you engage on here, we'll hold the raffle a week later and announce the winners. And we'll kind of go from there. So this was the first live show. And, and so we appreciate everyone that tunes in later. Connie, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Any other any other comments before we ask you how people can find you? Well, I'm open to this the Filipino American woman group because I do want to 
find more friends and expand my network. So that's why I'm out here. I put myself out here. That's, yeah. that's the American way. I know this is uh, definitely um, the American way. Well, we're very happy to have you here. And there is so much more, a lot of more fun things we will be doing. And I'm very excited. And and if anyone that is watching this right now, and you feel compelled to sharing your story, or you're kind of on here, and you're like, wow, I can do so much better than than Jen, you know, like we would, we would love to have you get involved and and be a part of just this uh, community of incredible women. We do have a Facebook group. And you can learn more about it by visiting the about section on this Facebook page to learn more about us and how you could potentially get involved and share your story. Now, before we wrap up, Pani, do you, how do people find you if they want to get a hold of you and, and connect with you? We could always um, request friends or um, find me on Instagram. Instagram, I'm at yonderblue, B-L-U, mm-hmm. on my website too. I like having comments and questions and just topics what people are would like to hear about I would I'd be uh, willing to um and actually I love to hear from people and what I should be focusing on and I'm gonna I know I'm in the blog I'm gonna be writing a lot about what I'm doing right now here <laughs> yeah yeah definitely we would oh, love that yeah cool which is which is good and um like maybe I'll turn into a Filipino American blog Oh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what, it's amazing what new relationships and new experiences can bring out of us. And I feel like with every new opportunity unveils another side of us, you know, like even for me, I just, I started doing Facebook live just in December, you know, the, the beginning of December, I've only been doing this for less than two months and it has really shown another side of me that I didn't even realize I had. And so I really appreciate you saying that because I'm sure with what we're doing here, it's, um, it's going to, you know, bring out a lot of uh, positive things. And, and ultimately we just hope that our other Filipino American sisters can watch this and want to be a part of it or share their story or even just listen in and feel like they're not alone or they feel like they're part of a greater community, a greater beautiful community of supportive women, you know, just here. We're here for you. So, well, awesome, Connie. Thank you so much. Let me do a couple of call to actions right before we end the show. We will be holding the raffle after the fact. So basically, if you're watching the show after the fact and you're commenting with before the next show, which I don't know when it is, so you might have plenty of time to qualify for this raffle. But if you watch the show and you comment throughout the show, by the next show, we will do the raffle of the Starbucks $5 gift cards and announce the winners. And really, it's just we're just asking you to engage and comment below tell us what you like maybe even tell us what you can do what we can do better um, and how you can help contribute to making us do better but moving on what i recommend that you do is if you want to get notified in the future to um, to watch these shows, please go to the About section of this Facebook page, the FilipinoAmericanWoman.com, and it'll show you, we have a tutorial video that shows you how you can stay up to date with our notifications and when we're going to be on live. And also, if you feel called to sharing your story, as I mentioned, uh, please private message us. You can even contact Connie if you have her contact information, ask her how you can, uh, you can get involved. With that said, we finished right at, let's see, what time is it. (laughs) I don't see any time. Cool. So we finished right at 45 minutes and I'm so glad that the internet and technology worked in our favor. So yay, Connie. (laughs) I'm just glad that happened. And Connie, any last words before we say goodbye to everyone? I just want to thank you for this experience and that you're a great host and 
I look forward to doing more good things with the Filipino American Women Project. Awesome. And that means so much to me too, Connie. Thank you again so much for your time. Thank you everyone for watching and we will chat with you soon. Bye everyone. I'm going to end the broadcast now.